0: Courage or crazy, courage to get through life and a whole lot of crazy to survive life. Trapper, Teresa, and Cheryl, your ambassadors of courage or crazy, sharing life with you, uncensored and unfiltered. Real life, real people, real courage, real crazy.
1: and welcome to another episode of Courage or Crazy. This is Cheryl Oliver, I'm one of the co-founders, and today it gives me great pleasure to introduce our very special guest, Gina. Gina is a wife, mother, daughter, community advocate, and a total HR nerd. That's in her words, not mine. (laughs) Gina has a deep connection to Courage or Crazy. She has known our other co-founder, Teresa, since since their late teen years. So sorry about that, Gina. <laughs> she is a self <laughs> she is a self-proclaimed indoor enthusiast who loves to read and make shit. that's probably another topic for another podcast, so we might find that out later. So with all of that, we know that she's gonna fit right into with our in our courage or crazy gang. Gina was raised as an army brat. Um, I'm not sure we can say that term anymore, but we just did, so it yes. Is we what can. it is. <laughs> so, so she basically didn't call any place home until recently, and now she is raising her family of five in Alaska, which we all know is the final frontier. That's probably another podcast idea. So, and in her words, she calls herself a kick-ass, beautiful mess. She is joining us remotely, and I am looking at her, so I can attest to the beautiful part. So Gina's youngest, this is what we're going to talk about today, is her youngest son. He was diagnosed with spina bifida around her 32nd week of pregnancy. Um, As you can imagine, this diagnosis broke her heart in a way that took her a very long time to recover, and I dare say that she probably is not ever going to recover from that. She has just learned to deal with it. Um, If you would have told her back in 2006 that she would have Faced this extreme challenge, she probably would have laughed in your face and said, yeah, what now, as she had already faced some great adversity in her life. How could anything be worse, she thought to herself. Well, she found out that she was in for a big surprise. I invite you to listen as Gina shares her story and her experiences with us, her trials, her tears, her laughter. Yes, we all know laughter and a whole lot of crazy makes the courageous things happen, and that's how we get through them. So I'm going to start the questions. Teresa is here with me today. Um, Trapper is trying to be here. He is in northern, <laughs> northern Arizona. It's being hit with snow right now. So if you hear my phone ring in and some commotion in the background, that is um, Trapper joining us. So, Gina, welcome. Thank you so much for not only being a, a valued listener to our podcast Thank you for putting up with Teresa and being her friend all these years. <laughs> and uh, so let's start with a question that's pretty She's simple.
2: Awesome. Yes. And I'm glad to be here.
1: Yes. So let's start with a pretty simple question. What is your okay. What is your son's name?
2: Uh, my son's name is Alejandro, and his middle name is Roberto, after his father.
1: Oh, that's pretty awesome. I didn't want to call him him through these whole questions. <laughs> I'll know he's his a cracker. Um, I
2: asked him about how he wanted to be called mm-hmm. in this interview and he's like you can go with Alex or Alexander like he wanted a pseudonym I was like no we're using your name
1: <laughs> that's very <laughs> awesome that's very awesome so um I know the backstory also, so I can understand where the Alex kind of has a connection for these two long term friends with Gina and Teresa. Um, yes. If you listen to our podcast, you will pre- pretty much pick up on that one as well. So tell us about the conversation that happened when you found out that he had spina bifida.
2: Okay. So, there was actually a lead-up to um, the exam that took us to... We had to fly to Anchorage to go see a perinatologist. Excuse me if I'm butchering that word. The the OB specialist, as I called it. Um, They had been doing a lot of um, ultrasounds on me, and they had determined that he had club feet. Um, It took them a while to get to that point of recognizing... Um, that there was a birth defect, and they were very discreet about it. Like, I, I worked in the same hospital, which I was having my ultrasounds done, mm. um, and I could read these people. I knew something was going on. I, I knew there were concerns. They were just positioning me differently, um, and I was very concerned. And when I finally went to see my OB with all the follow-ups, he was like, so here's the thing your son is going to have club feet. I said, okay. (laughs) For some reason in my head, I'm like, isn't that like an old diagnosis (laughs) that happened like only in the 50s? Uh And I was like, what? He's like, no, a birth defect like that can happen at any time. (laughs) And I I just was like, okay. Um, And he says, we have to find out why and if there's anything else. Of which then I was referred out of town for this other um, parentologist and, We made it a big deal um i live in fairbanks we had to drive to anchorage it's um technically an eight hour drive um, and with a pregnant woman in the side seat there it was probably longer we probably used the whole eight hours instead of like the five that we usually zoom um, because i had to stop a lot and um it's kind of like driving from phoenix to um sierra vista there's nothing in between only that nothing in between is a lot more nothing in between right. Um, right. so <laughs> so um, very long drive we made it at an event we brought the children with us because it was spring break um, and we go into this appointment and we meet with the ultrasound tech amazing man very funny lots of humor he's like doing our scan he's like all right you're ready to go back and meet the doctor um, Let me preface that we went there also to buy baby gear. Um, We don't have stores like that in Fairbanks, and we went to a baby store. I think it was Toys R Us, and we bought, like, the crib and uh, the baby bedding, and this guy was going to be my football player.
1: Right. Remember that.
2: Okay. He's going to be my football player. I love the sound of little babies running in your house with the crinkly diapers. You can hear their diapers. Um, Uh And just like, because you know they're up to something when you can hear that little swoosh, swoosh, swoosh. I was looking forward to that and just like, this is going to be our football player. All my kids love soccer. So I was like, he's going to be my football player. So we bought like a sports theme, blankets and bedding and all this stuff. Fast forward, we go to the appointment later that afternoon. We meet this gentleman, the, the ultrasound tech sonographer. He does a great job. We go into another room, and they have us um, on this big TV screen, is all I can say, like a Mm -hmm. 52-inch TV screen, it felt like, is this 3D image of my son, and I can see him, I can see his face, I can see him. And, and Teresa, like, knows his face for when he was born. And mm-hmm. I see that little boy. And I am just so, like, in awe. We all are. All right. And, and the, the the doctor now, we're there with her. And she's doing, like, a scan on my belly again and doing all that. And she's like, okay. And just, like, we're having a moment, me and my family. We're super excited. And um, she says okay here is here it is this is what's happening and I'm like okay and she just leans in and grabs my um she's on my right side of my body she grabs my hand and gets like 10 inches away from my face and says your son has a birth defect he, and I don't remember all the words because it came so fast right. and it was just like machine machine gunning at me and she's like he has a birth defect he has this he has, a, he has a neural tube defect and there's a possibility he may not be able to walk ever he's not going to be able to feed himself he's not going to be able to do But well. she just kept going and going and going and I just was looking at her like what what and like how am I supposed to receive this news how is this supposed to how am I supposed to um hear you It's just all these words coming at me. And then she says the key word. She says, it is okay to grieve what I am telling you because this is not good news. And I was like, oh shit. She really is telling me bad things. And I look over. She didn't let us excuse the children before she did it. Oh no. And they are in tears. And my husband is crying. And we're just like, what the fuck? It was just so horrible. And and I'm like, she's like, do you have any questions? And I just looked at her like, <laughs> yeah. what am I supposed to say? You, you've just given me all this news. And until, you know, in my head I'm thinking, until she said the word grieve, I wasn't accepting that something was wrong. Right. I refuse to accept that something was wrong, and she walks away. Like she, she says some other stuff. I don't know. She then realizes that I'm mad because the children are in there, and she's like, "I can excuse them." And I'm like, well, <laughs> "Give us a minute with them." Right. And so, you know, my my Mateo was only um, let me see. Mateo was six, and Felicity was eight. So Mateo was still a kinder baby. And he's, like, hearing this news about a baby brother that he's so excited about, and he's thinking his brother's going to die. Oh and gosh. Felicity doesn't understand what's happening. So we gathered them to us and held them to us and just told them everything's going to be okay. We're going to figure this out. And then we were, like, we asked him if they wanted to go sit in the other room and get some snacks and excused them. And I think Robert took care of that. He was a Chris. I'm the big, great whale on the table and can't do anything. And he comes back in and we just look at each other like, Mm. what, what? I am, what is it? 36 years old. I knew it was a risk to have a child this late, um, but we had struggled with infertility for years and years. And so when this, when this happened, this miracle happened, Mm. we never, like I personally never thought like this would be the outcome. Mm. Um, I thought I would have a complicated pregnancy, which I did. But I didn't think there would be an impact on my child. So mm. she, com- she comes back in and she asks us if we have any questions. And I probably had some. I don't remember what they were. They weren't important. Right. didn't matter. She's already broken me. I was hating her.
1: Mm, <laughs> we, yeah, all, we all, so.
2: We, look, we, we all look back on that day and I was like, I hate that woman. I hate the way she did it. I hate the way she delivered it to me. And I know medical. I know people. And they're like, they have to always share the full. And I was like, but it was the way she did it right. that what broke me. And that she let my children be there. She knew what she was going to say. Why didn't she pause and say, can right. we excuse exactly. the children?
0: Yeah, exactly. So I couldn't
2: forgive her for that. Um, she asked questions I don't know. My husband, though. I love him so much. He said, he looked at her and he said, is there anything he won't be able to do? And she mm-hmm. said, no. She Aww. goes, you will help, you will help set those limits. I am over here. Like my whole world is blown up and I can't think forward. And my husband is thinking, how are we going to move forward? And what is his limitations?
1: Oh, He's thinking awesome. so
2: much differently than I am.
1: Right. That's awesome. I like that part. Yeah. I like that part. Yeah. So, you said that was when you were about, what, 32 weeks into your pregnancy, right? Yeah,
2: very late in my pregnancy.
1: And did you make it um, full term with your pregnancy?
2: Unfortunately, I went into 40 weeks. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah, unfortunately for you having to carry a child around, yes, we get that.
2: Yeah, I, it was um, a lot of work.
1: Yeah, so.
2: It was, um, we were off, we, me and the doctors didn't agree on dates. And I, they were absolutely sure I was at 38 weeks in my calculations where I am going into my 40th week. Right. And when he popped out, they were like, oh, we think you were right.
1: Uh, so he was, so tell me, because I, I wonder about this when, uh, I, you know, of course I was briefed on the story a little bit um, from Teresa, but that time period between... You getting that news and especially it being in such a terrible way and then carrying that baby and, you you know, we all know our, our children in our room are a reflection of us and the moods we are in and the foods we eat and everything. They're such a part of us. So how did you deal with that emotional time of those few weeks before you got to see him And knowing all the things and challenges that you, your family, and him were going to be faced with when he finally entered this world.
2: It was hard. It was really hard. And um, I kept believing, you know, the naivety is that I believed that they were wrong. Right. I wanted wanted to believe they were wrong. Yeah. And... um, He, you know, they're inside, he's kicking the crap out of me. And I'm like, how can he be kicking me if he has no feeling or, Mm -hmm. you know, and I did what everybody should not do. I was all over the internet looking stuff up and Dr. Google and Mm -hmm. exactly. (laughs) And trying to understand this from so many different, like there's so many outcomes Mm -hmm. that come out of, um, Getting a diagnosis like that, it's a neural tube defect, and it all matters on where that where that happened at. Is it high? Is it low? Is mm-hmm. it which explains why she said so much. Gotcha. Why you know each each vertebrae, everything ha- makes a difference on what kind of abilities or disabilities you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be able to swallow? If it's up high, you're not going to be able to swallow on mm. your own. If it's mid core. You might have, you know, it's just so many different outcomes without knowing exactly. And, you know, one of the things I felt a lot, I think one of the questions you ask um, in here is about guilt. Once he was born, I had so much guilt that the, um, his spot was not a little lower. Like, I have no control over that. But I felt like I owned that because if Mm -hmm. it had been two more vertebrae down, she would have been able to walk. I would have had, you know, incontinence right. problems. So, and so, of course, I, as a mom, I took the blame for that. Right.
0: I'm going to step so. in for a second. Okay. Because of mm-hmm. being with Gina in Phoenix, once they were down here, the spot that she's talking about, it would be go down your back mm-hmm. and come up a couple steps. From the lowest From point? the lowest point. Okay. And it was, and Jeannie, you can help me, but it's, it's basically.
1: L1 through L5. L1 through L5. Okay.
0: It was, the, the spot looked like there was a um, fluid
2: a little
0: bubble. bubble. His little button. <laughs> a
2: little fat pocket. A little fat
0: pocket. Little yep. pocket. <laughs> little pocket. And it, you, it kind of bumped out. And the other disc, the, his vertebrae going up his spine. Were rotated, mm, some of them. I can't remember which ones exactly. It's a
2: forty-five degree angle. Yeah, really? it was a forty-five degree angle. It literally, like where we naturally curve in, his went chuk, chuk, and came out like a V. Oh my
1: God! It's gosh. crazy. I remember
2: the first time I saw his X-ray, I almost threw up because I couldn't believe like how distorted it was. And and I and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like like I was repulsed. I just was like. It's my baby. Right. Is he in
1: pain? Of course. Is he hurting? Mm-hmm. It was really hard to take. So what happened? He comes into the world. When is his birthday, by the way? Uh, May 13th. May 13th. Okay. So May 13th happens. He comes into the world. <laughs> Tell us what happened. What What was, I mean, I can't imagine this wasn't like they're taking him somewhere to do all kinds of tests or whatever so fill us in and like he's finally here and now what so then they made
2: arrangements they made us make arrangements to um, I had to come down for two weeks prior to his birth um, they wanted to keep me in close observation so that I wouldn't go into labor and so every um, so they needed to see me every day so we moved um, we uprooted ourselves, me and my husband, down to Anchorage for those two weeks, and we had to rely on friends and coworkers here at, um, in town to help watch the other two during that time. And they put together this great, like, collaboration of these people watched, this couple watched on Monday through Friday and then gave them a break this other person would watch them and it was just so amazing oh, all the that people is. that stepped in and I'm a very private person so this whole endeavor has been horrible to me <laughs> um, it was just so difficult for me as an uh-huh. introvert to take this on and to be able to say like the day that we found the diagnosis out I called back to my my department because that's my family and I told them what happened and the diagnosis and um, my friend Lisa at the time she shared with the department what had happened and I got nothing but like love and affection mm-hmm. and just rain down of, of just this overwhelming love from everybody in the community that they were there to support me and it was really scary I've never had that mm-hmm. other than my military families and I've been away from that for so long so I was always very standoffish so this was a really hard thing to accept um so they they took my kids and they helped them like be here Mm -hmm. without us and it was the first time i'd ever been away from my kids that long yeah that was the first Mm -hmm. time i'd ever been away from my my littles and all and ever and um so we go off to anchorage and we proceed to have um go through daily exams and them checking on me and checking on me, and they're like, okay, he's doing fine. The plan was to deliver him in Anchorage via C-section so that if there was, um, they were expecting it to be a myelomeningozole that was open, meaning like the spinal fluid is leaking out and that he's in a a heightened state of danger. And I could be totally wrong with all these terminologies. There's been so much that we've gone through and reverse diagnosis and whatnot. Um, but that's what I remember. <laughs> I like, This is my reality. I remember and, that part. Um, yeah, exactly. And so they um, they have a sit-up. We have a neurosurgeon on standby. The day of his uh, first day that they're going to do the surgery, um, they have to do a cancellation. So they get me all prepped up, you know, do the thing with the razors and, and all that, <laughs> and then they have me go wait they give me the medicine to make you not nauseous they're getting me started they got an IV in and everything and then they stop and they say we're not doing it today oh like,
1: what? Good lord
2: they like the surgeon can't do it today they're not they're not ready um so I waddle back to my room we <laughs> watch game shows and we wait for the next day the next day I don't even make it over there they they cancel again
1: oh goodness so
2: I'm like Great. So then finally, May 13th rolls around, and I was just like, oh, I refuse to leave this room if you are not going to do this. And so they did. <laughs> not probably because I threw a fit, but probably because they had time.
1: <laughs> because the day was right. Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, You know, things I didn't realize, they needed a team there. Right. They had all kinds of surgeons. They had all, everybody. It was all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and the process was going to be, we're going to do a C-section, and we're going to lift him out, and we're going to put him in this plastic little, basically it looked like a giant-ass Ziploc bag. And we're going to put him in this, and we're going to pass him through the, ha- the pass-through. And on the other side, they're going to take him to surgery to start his his, his um, mm. back repair. And so I was like, okay, so we're ready. We're going in there. And um, we they do the C-section thing, and they have him in there, and they pop him out. And nobody tells you. Sorry, nobody tells you that your baby does not look like what you think a baby looks like <laughs> in a C-section. Right. I saw him. They held him up, and I'm like, that's not my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just so <laughs> purple and squishy. And right. I'm like, this doesn't look like the babies I've seen other people push out. And they're like, well, that's because you didn't push him out. <laughs> right. Um, they... Uh, I this it was really traumatic for me um besides being a c-section they had to um they missed the mark for the, the epidural mm. and they had to do three times oh my god and i was in hysterics um it was so bad um i was hugging the nurse and all I know is her name was Gabby and my face was in her boobs <laughs> and I was like crying and I'm like, I'm sorry, Gabby. I don't need to be crying into your boobs and I don't know you. And she's like, oh, you're good. Right. She's, you're good. You're good. They're used to it. Yeah, she's like, they're going to get it. They're going to get it. I'm like, I'm going to die here. Um, and I'm very dramatic, as Teresa can attest to. She's um,
0: never been dramatic a moment moment in her life. I,
2: I'm a tough cookie, but I lose it over little things. And that, I don't know. An epidural well, that's been missed. Yeah, well, that's, like, that's more than
1: just a little thing. So,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they finally tap it, and it's like magic. And then they're like, we need you to move. I'm like, nope, it's gone. I can't do nothing. You have to move me. Um, so still kind of, so I'm really dragged from the waist down. Like I just felt so, I don't know how strong those meds are or anything, but I'm very susceptible to anything. So I was like, um, so of course I'm being ridiculous. They show me my child. I'm like, this isn't my kid. And then I hear all this, like, you know, when they're throwing out numbers and stuff, and mm-hmm. um, he's a nine, blah, 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 and, oh, no, we didn't expect this. And they're like, what, what? You know, you're trying oh. to hear. And then they just passed him off. They showed him to my husband, and then they passed him through the window. And I remember telling them, I don't feel well, and they they forgot that they didn't give me the nausea pill because this is the third time. Oh, and so I just, like, bleh, threw up in my hair. Uh, so my husband's trying to take care of me, and then somewhere after that, I passed out. <laughs> okay. I come to I come to in recovery, and the nurse is like, you need to wake up. You need to wake up. And I said, why? What's wrong? What happened? She's like, no, your husband wouldn't hold the baby. He said that you did all the work and that you need to hold him first. Aww. And so I was like, What? She's like, So you need to go out there so he can hold the baby too. Aww, and i was trying trying to wake up and I can't and I keep falling back asleep. And then I thought, Isn't he supposed to be in surgery? And she's like, I'll let your husband tell you. And I'm like, uh, Oh shit, what's wrong? Oh
1: my god. And
2: so so we we go, finally they wheel me out. And they put him in my arms. And this sucker's his eyes are open, and he is staring at me. Aww. I have a great picture of him just looking at me and me looking at him. And he is way bigger than I thought he would be. He's like seven pounds or seven and a half pounds, I don't remember. And he's just this big little boy in my hands with this crown of hair that goes Aww. down to the nape of his neck. And he's just beautiful. He's amazingly beautiful. I hadn't looked down to see what the damage was yet or anything. Um, I waited until my husband came over because I didn't know what I was going to see. You you don't know. And so I see his feet and they're curved. They're very um, almost like they're like little flippers. And that's actually what I call them. Mm -hmm. They're folded into each other, almost like they want to naturally cross leg and they're like little, like his foot, his heel ankle didn't develop. Mm. So instead of having to bend, it's flat and his little toes are there. And he's just, I was like, Robert, he's got flippers. <laughs> <laughs> and He's like, Whoa, well, you always wanted a water baby. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay. And then like, I was like, that's it. And he's like, yeah, he goes, turn him over. And I'm like, is it scared? Why isn't he in surgery? He's like, the doctor didn't do doesn't want to do his surgery. I'm like, why? And he said, um, because his Milo still was covered, it was safe, and he did not feel comfortable going in, cutting into this protected area, and possibly screwing it up. Essentially,
1: right.
2: And I thought, wow. I was mad at first. And again, my husband is like, the words of wisdom. He's like. Gina, he's not comfortable. That's a good thing. He knows his limits. Right. I said, What are we going to do? Uh-huh. And he's like, We'll figure it out. Mm. And so I flip him over and I see that little fat pocket and I'm like, Can we touch it? <laughs> and I'm like poking at it. And I'm like, He's got a button. <laughs> he has a flipper and he has buttons. Flipper and oh a God. He's got flippers and, and a button. Like, All right. He is so like calm. This baby is not crying. He is not doing it. He is checking me out. And he's like, who is this woman messing with my button? And who is this woman who is like, got me undressed in the middle of this cold room. But he doesn't cry. He's just perfect. And so in that moment, I was like, he's perfect. Why did I waste the last six weeks so distressed? Right. It was just such a change in feelings Mm -hmm. and emotions. I don't know what I was expecting But everybody made me feel like I was going to be expecting the worst case scenario. And up to that moment, I didn't know what that even meant. Right. But all I know is this baby in front of me was perfect. Flippers and all.
0: Spoken like a true mama. We are going to wrap this podcast up. Mm -hmm. For everybody listening, since Trapper's not here, I have to step in and I have to do the ending. But we are going to have a part two to this. So we're going Mm -hmm. to continue the story with Gina. And Alejandro with flippers and buttons and all. And And he was incredibly adorable, by the way. (laughs) I met him in person. He was too much. Too much for words. So if you want to hear more about this, join us for part two with Miss Gina. And we thank you all for listening to us and joining us and being a part of Courage or Crazy. Um, You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And Oh, I said that wrong. What does Trapper call it? I have no idea. I always forget. Something else. else. Um, And YouTube. And we appreciate each and every one of you. And if you've enjoyed listening to Gina talk, engage with us. Ask questions. We can pass them on to Gina and she can answer them. And we look forward to being with you all again very soon. Have a good one.